Who are they? How did they get here and where are they now? I'm Tyson Chastain, Director of Alumni Relations with Johnson University, and this is the Sojournal Podcast. The Sojourner Podcast is brought to you by the Alumni Association of Johnson University. Whether you graduated from Central Florida Bible College, Johnson Bible College, Florida Christian College, or Johnson University, you are a part of the alumni family. Join the Alumni Association and help encourage and equip alumni and students as they pursue kingdom-focused vocations. Learn more at johnsonu.edu forward slash alumni. Today, we're joined in the Sojourner podcast by Chad and Nicole Dillon. Chad is a 1999 graduate of Johnson University in Tennessee, and Nicole, his wife, a class of 2000 graduate. Chad and Nicole, welcome to the Sojourner podcast. Glad to be here. Would you mind giving a general introduction of yourself to the podcast listeners? Yeah, we're in Austria right now in a little place called Heiligenkreuz. We've been here for on and off the last year and a half, working with TCM International Institute at House Edelweiss. Getting to this point has been really interesting. We met at Johnson, and we got married between our sophomore and junior year, um, which was a lot of fun, uh, finishing college married. Uh, but we actually um, you know, met the first weekend. It was really cool. Since then, I've served in many churches. Nicole has been in the business world. And we have two kids. One is a Johnson graduate as of uh, 2000. 2021. She graduated this May. She's actually in the master's program right now, Dr. Templer School of Education, working on her uh, master's in English as a second language. And our son, Adam, is a sophomore at Johnson, studying to be a youth minister. So great story there because they never wanted to go to Johnson, but that's, that's, that's further on, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into that. (laughs) That's wonderful. That's great. You guys met right from the beginning and got married relatively early. But before we get to that part of your journey, tell me about uh, growing up, your childhood. Were you raised in Christian homes, each of you? What was your early faith journey like? I was raised in a Christian home. My father was an elder in the church. My parents helped plant a couple churches. Uh, My cousin was a Johnson graduate. And he helped plant some churches and we were with him. So yeah, grew up the church from birth on. Church was a huge integral part of my life and of the decisions made. So Nicole, where are you from? I am from LaPel, Indiana, which is just outside of Anderson, Indiana. Chad, how about you? My story is a little different, I guess. My family never really went to church when I was a kid. I had a grandpa that took me to church. One time, I remember I was probably four or five, and I remember sitting in these wooden pews, and I remember passing communion, which I didn't know what it was at that time. I was kind of clueless. I just know that when it came by me, he didn't let me take it. And um, several years later, when I was in junior high, I decided that I wanted to know more what that was. So I started walking to church and ended up in a little, little church called Clayton Christian Church in Clayton, Indiana, where I grew up. And uh, Gary Black is the pastor there, still the pastor there for many, many years, and then ended up at Hazelwood Christian Church, where I fell in love with Jesus. Before I ask you more questions about that, Chad, Nicole, I want to go back to you and your journey. You said you were raised in the Christian home, um, that your cousin was a church planter. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, was Jim this... Carlos. 
Okay, Jim uh, Harless. Yep, okay. Jim Harless is my cousin, and uh -huh. Jim was uh, with Bethany Christian Church. My parents were there, and they decided to plant a church, and he uh, was the youth minister at Southern Heights Christian Church was the first church plant. Um, and then we went back to Bethany Christian Church. Uh, my grandma, that's her church. It's, it's family church. Yeah. Lana yep. Skinnaman was the senior minister there when uh -huh. I was there. Lana Skinnaman. was a right. huge part of the Johnson story. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So. Good. So you guys have different backgrounds in mm -hmm. your faith journey. Nicole, for you, when did you latch on to faith as your own? I was baptized when I was 12. The funny thing is, is um, I had a great relationship with my parents, but I always didn't want to talk about serious stuff with them. Mm. And I wanted to be baptized, but I didn't know how I wanted to tell them I wanted to be baptized. So I used a tape recorder and just poured my heart out on this tape recorder of why I wanted to be baptized and how I didn't know anything, but I wanted to know more. So I knew this is what I needed to do and uh, gave it to my dad. And with tears in his eyes, he came to me and goes, okay, let's do this. <laughs> That's uh, great. So, so I was baptized the next Wednesday. But I think I latched onto it as my own in college at Johnson. Is that right? I made some poor choices in life uh, when I was in high school. I said I was a Christian mm -hmm. and went to church and did it. Went to Ball State the summer of 95 and realized I was becoming someone that I wasn't quite certain who I was and determined the, to go to Johnson where my cousin was just to see if I could get away from that. And I think at Johnson, when I dug into the classes and into the faith and into chat, even speaking into my life, um, that's when I actually latched on to Jesus wow. and, and who he was in my life and not just the legalistic part of it. Okay. So Chad, then in your context, definitely not raised in a Christian home per se, other than your grandfather took you once. How old were you when you decided you were going to walk down the street to church? I know it sounds weird that he took me once and then never did again, but he passed away when I was seven. So I was really young. And um, it's interesting how God plants seeds right uh -huh. in our lives and uses those. And obviously, scripture says that and he uses different people to water it. And in junior high, I think I was seventh grade. I started walking to Clayton Christian during the summer. And then I was in Boy Scouts as well. And one of the one of the my friends in Boy Scouts went to Hazelwood. And so he said, hey, just we'll pick you up and you can come to church with us. And I said, okay. So 13 years old, I stepped into Hazelwood Christian Church and I walked up to Steve Ranson, who is now retired from there. Uh -huh. um, and I said, I want to get baptized. And I really didn't know what that meant fully. I just knew that I wanted the next thing in this journey and good or bad, right or wrong. There was maybe not the best, like helping me understand that it also meant like this idea of committing to Jesus and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but there that, that element was there and the journey was understanding that more, mm -hmm. which is still a journey all of us are on, but walked in, I, I was baptized like on a Thursday night. Uh, Cause I, I was super nervous about doing it on a Sunday. My parents were there. The parents of the, the, of my friend were there and some of our other friends. And I just remember this kid looked at me and he said, just when you go underwater, just picture Jesus's face, right? And I was like, okay, I didn't know really why he told me that, but I did. And obviously I pictured, you know, Renaissance white Jesus with lots of long flowing, beautiful hair, you know, blue eyes. But, uh, but there was something there that happened that I can't explain that I knew that this was going to be something bigger than what it was at that moment. 
And so God started working on my heart at that point. And I did a lot of things with the youth group. The youth group became my church family. God put a lot of people, a lot of spiritual fathers in my life. Really cool because I've enjoyed going back and telling these men that they are this. Uh, Gary Black, I got an opportunity to talk to him several years ago and explain that to him. And for him, I was just some kid that was walking to church. He interacted with me, but it wasn't like he like took this major time to like spend hours and hours and hours with me, but he had a massive impact on me mm-hmm. in that short time that I was there. And uh, a guy named Kurt Alexander is uh, also a Johnson grad. He was a, a youth minister at a week camp that I would go to during the summer. So that, yeah, that started in junior high and spent my four years at, at Hazelwood Christian Church and youth group and going to all kinds of different camps and whatnot with them. So how did your parents respond when you made this decision? Yeah, they were really supportive. You know, both of them had a little bit of church um, background when they were growing up. You know, talking with them over the years, it's been good to see that there is some understanding or some knowledge there of what Christianity is, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. There was a lot of support for what I was doing. And I imagine some of it too was making these decisions on my own and actually doing something with them. It became something that that I think changed me for the better. Mm. Who were your primary influences toward Johnson? Interestingly enough, I mentioned Steve Ranson, who mm-hmm. baptized me. He was a senior pastor. And David Empson, who is the head guru at ICOM now for both KCU graduates. And Dave would take us to Summer in the Sun at KCU. And, and so we'd spend our summers there. And I didn't know much about Johnson. Uh, Lee Faust came through and did like a two-year stint at our church. And so I knew a little more there. We had a, a couple of students who looked at it. Neely Walton uh, looked at it and went there. Uh, Joy Hoff was at Hazelwood as well and you know went to Johnson. So, you know, we knew more about it and I don't know, I just know that we went to Sarna Sun and there was nothing wrong with that place. I just never saw myself there. Hmm. My parents picked me up one time. We went to Johnson right after Summer in the Sun, did a tour of campus. And as soon as we drove on, I knew that's where I wanted to be. What about you, Nicole? What were your primary influences toward Johnson? My cousin, Amber Harless, mm-hmm. was um, a freshman there and going into her sophomore year. She actually came to Ball State to visit me that summer to determine if she wanted to transfer to Ball State. And I think we both decided Johnson was both for both of us <laughs> at that time. So I think it was family, um, having that support system there for me, but also having the influence that I needed to focus. I, I think that was the biggest thing. And when we drove on that campus, the funny story is it was past acceptance time. Um, school was starting in two weeks. And um, I looked at my mom and dad and said, I think I want to go to Johnson. I don't want to be at Ball State anymore. And she called Deborah Lane and we got in a car and we drove straight to Johnson, changed at a gas station, got onto campus, did the tour. And I knew right then and they worked it in for me. And I got an acceptance letter while we were there to, (laughs) to do a transfer uh, from from Ball State to Johnson, so I, I was considered, I think, transfer in. So mm-hmm. it was it was a major life change and all at once, and hurry up and pack and not go back to where you thought you were going to go for the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to tell you, I really appreciate your younger perspective there that you needed to get into an environment that would nurture your faith. Yeah, 
was there something about the Ball State experience that really slapped you <laughs> upside the head? It was a guy. I was very, very serious about someone. And um, I think I was running away from that lifestyle, um, mm-hmm. running away from guys in general. I wasn't going <laughs> to date. I wasn't going to do anything. I was just going to plug in and let God direct me. And mm-hmm. God has a funny sense of humor because I met Chad first weekend. And- I actually met her mom first. Um, we were in line to do all of our like financial stuff. And uh, my parents were talking to her mom in line and I came in in shorts, you know, at that time, couldn't wear shorts in the PW building. And, um, but I, I don't know, I kind of was like, I'm just going to get the best out of this that I can until I can't anymore. And uh, she still talks about that to this she day does. about me wearing shorts in the PW building. <laughs> her mom, so funny. How did you two then connect? We connected uh, later in one of the, um, orientation orientation classes what was it was it 203 was that big classroom Uh yeah we were in there for some orientation thing during the week or during that weekend or right at the beginning of the week I don't remember and our friend group that we just started hanging around with was the same and so I remember we went to movies one night all of us together and you know we started connecting through that friend group I remember, you know, at that time, the only mail you got sometimes was your announcement sheet. But, you know, when you went to your mailbox and you got that announcement sheet out, you were pretty excited because you got something in your mailbox. Mm -hmm. And the counseling center was doing a premarital counseling session that people could sign up for. And we were making bad pickup lines in the middle of one of these orientation things. And I I said, oh, I got one. I turned around and looked at her and I said, hey, I got this announcement sheet in my mailbox and saw this thing about premarital counseling. I was thinking about going, but I didn't want to go by myself. You want to go with me? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the rest is history. So yeah. maybe it wasn't so bad after all. Yeah. 26 years later, here we <laughs> So how long did it take from you all meeting at WOW Weekend to actually declaring yourself an item? Like how long was it before we walked around the circle three times? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's like Facebook official back then. I think it was maybe a week, maybe two at most. Before we started dating. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't very long. Then we dated uh, through our freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, we got engaged and then got married right before our junior year. So then this August that we just had was 24 years and next year will be 25. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a wonderful, wonderful milestone. (laughs) What did you guys each come to Johnson to study? So I started out in the counseling program. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and then switched to early childhood education. I came in doing uh, youth ministry preaching, graduated with that, mm-hmm. that degree. What do you remember most about your time? The last few years I was at Johnson, my roommate was the best room I, I had. Being married was a very unique experience at Johnson. We actually had several friends from our class also get married that summer. So we had several of them that we, we were still close to, but from a married perspective. We got very involved quickly with working in churches. Um, I wanted to be in the church as fast as I could. So that removed us a little bit from some of the spiritual life type stuff that was happening on campus because we were involved like at Westtown Christian Church or Clinton Christian Church in Clinton, Tennessee. But from the perspective of living in the dorm, some of those were the greatest times you know, I can remember. Some of the fun things we did, the crazy things we did, interacting with individual people, uh, goofing off, just stuff like that, that, you know, it's fun 
stories we can talk about now because we maybe don't get in trouble for them now as we would have been, but uh, had a good time, you know, just enjoying those people. But also, I didn't know really what I was looking for when I came into that place. I knew I felt God called me to do ministry. So I knew I needed to go to a place that taught that and gave me tools to be able to do that. But beyond that, I didn't know what to expect. And honestly, I don't know that I fully appreciated what happened while I was there. Well, I know there are things now that I wish I would have done while I was on campus, like we encourage our kids to do, that I didn't do because, you know, maybe my head wasn't in the right place to experience some of those things. I think for me, the professors, the way that they lived life with you, they weren't just a professor. It was a community. It's Tommy Smith taking my paper that I accidentally printed out in Greek and saying, I'll look at it and saying, you know what, I'm going to give you a grade to turn, I'll give you another day to turn it back in and just laughing with me in the fact that I did that is great. Ron Wheeler, Martha Wheeler, she was, she was the dorm mom. She would just let me come in and just vent and just chat. And, and she was just that great person. A lot of the professors, Dr. Reese, I mean, they threw a baby shower for me. It, it was just this great thing that the professors just did life. And I think that was huge. You don't get that at a lot of schools. And I think that's one of the key things that I remember. Any specific memories in class that you can think of? I can't look at an IBC root beer without thinking <laughs> the same. introduction, body, conclusion. Yes. I can't ever. Thank you. Every Me paper too. I ever write, you know, for my <laughs> master's classes, I, I think like of IBC. Wrong yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have an IBC Ruby every time I wrote a paper because of that, you know. So, yeah, I remember that. That's uh, great. I tell you, so many of the professors had such a good influence. Doc was, I mean, when he passed, it was, you know, it was heartbreaking for so many of us. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that had such knowledge, but had this incredible way of making it easy to understand, yeah. you know, but still be deep. Uh, Dr. Mattingly was another one. I took a biblical archaeology, right? And all I wanted to do for like the next five years was to go over to one of his digs with him. Never did, but maybe someday. We're a lot closer now than we used to be to where he was doing those. But just learning about the biblical history in a way that was real, because you could touch some of the stuff, right? Uh, That was incredible. Yeah, those guys, I mean, Tommy Smith, it's, I still have my student Bible, from Johnson. And in the cover, Tommy did this sermon about, um, and he used a ladder in it, but I still have the notes from that written down in that Bible. But, you know, just little things like that, that, that were very, very uh, impactful on us. But sometimes it's techniques that even stick out and you use those things as well. Or prayers. Bob Martin's prayer before a test. Was there a man that was more humble than Bob Martin? (laughs) His prayers for tests, I mean, Every one of us, I know, I, I would just be like, I need a miracle here for this test. Don't pray that, you know, God helps us in how we prepare. We don't want to hear that. You know, we used to joke about all the time how we would pray that, but his just prayers were incredible. Mary Lou and Bob did premarital counseling for Chad and I. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can't imagine that you guys would have had a better premarital counseling couple than Bob and Mary right? Lou. No. Yeah, we asked them to do it, and it was, really it was cool. a great experience. So after Johnson, did you know what the next step was? Do you know where you were going, what you were doing? We knew we were going to do, I was going to do youth ministry. 
Like that was the plan. And at the time I was going to be youth ministry forever. And we went to a church in Western Indiana. We were there for seven months. Honestly, almost quit the ministry at that point. Um, but it was a rough experience for us. And one that really made me question like, okay, if this is what working in the church is going to be, like, why do I want this? Mm. And so we resigned and um, I worked at a Kinko's third shift for like two months. Thankfully, Jim Harless, they were at Tri-County at the time. And he said, hey, come, come help with this Sunday school class. I'm like, that is the last thing I want to do right now. You know, I'd rather sit over in this corner, lick my wounds, cry woe is me and give it all up when he knew what I needed was somebody to listen to me, somebody to talk me off the cliff. And, um, you know, he did that for me and uh, thankfully helped me tremendously and really kind of saved me from quitting the ministry altogether. Uh, I did a lot of growing during that time. I look back now and I feel like I do need to call the elders at every one of those churches and apologize and thank them at the same time. You know, I'm sorry that I was so green and, and sometimes didn't have a teachable spirit, but also thank you for not giving up on me. Uh, God still uses those moments. You know, Facebook is a beautiful thing when you can keep up with people and see what they're doing. And now students that we had are having their own kids and are strong in the church and the faith. And if I had a little bit to do with that, you know, then it was all worth it. But, um, you know, I know that God uses a lot of people for those things. Uh, we did two and a half years in the next church and then moved to Tennessee and we're there for six years. Mm-hmm. Moved to Muncie, Indiana, and we were there for five and a half years. Mm-hmm. and then went to Chapel Rock Christian Church after that, and I was a middle school pastor there. You know, those last three ministries, I grew so much just in things that we did, how we refocused ministry, how ministry changed in those times. I mean, it was just crazy when you think about it. So, Nicole, through all of these, were you just kind of the, you're following wherever he goes? I was his follower. Half <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Follow where he goes. She that was a was. bigger part of it than what she was. <laughs> Follow where he goes and serve with him. Um, at, at a lot of the churches, I was the preschool person. With because mm. that, that she was invaluable though too with yeah. in youth ministry, especially with junior and senior hires, mm-hmm. with the girls. Yeah, right. Like I was very careful to never put myself in a position that would ever make me look like anything was happening wrong. Mm-hmm. So I really relied on her to really connect with those girls. And so in every one of those ministries, even though I was the one that was, you know, on the website or in the bulletin or, you know, getting paid for that job, she was as much a part of that as I was, if not sometimes more. She was the true rock star. There. Nicole, what were you doing vocationally? I actually started out in banking and life insurance. I did that for a while, and then I sold property casualty insurance, and then I worked with a carrier, and then I switched careers and sold franchises for Remax, and I quickly rose and then went with another company called Realty One Group and sold franchises for them And before we came here to TCM, uh-huh. and I just really enjoyed it um, and enjoyed the building the relationships with people and getting to know people and, and finding connection. I think that that was the biggest, biggest thing for me. So what, uh, your kids, uh, what mm-hmm. are they studying? So Adam is studying youth ministry um, mm-hmm. and children's ministry. Funny story there, because he was not going to go into ministry. Uh, he wanted to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really big into computer software engineering. 
um, all of that. And he never was going to go into the ministry and we didn't want to push it, mm -hmm. but we had so many people. He would fill in at church. He would volunteer in the children's ministry and those kids just latched on to him. So much so when we told our middle schoolers that we were moving to Austria, I asked them if they had any questions and they said, what's Adam going to do? They wanted to know about Adam before any of us. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he uh, came to us after a CIY and he said, I went forward and stood up and said, I'm going to give my life to full-time ministry. And we we're like, it's about time. Johnson, right? <laughs> yeah. He's been there for two years. But Johnson was not, that no, was not something they wanted to do. Kids. Neither of our kids. They, they were very clear with us. They would clear. say, like when they were juniors, they would go, we would be like, oh, maybe you should think about Johnson. They're like, no, don't. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. I'm not going there. We're like, okay, we backed off. And they chose it on their they own. They both chose it on their own. Madison's story was very similar to Chad's with driving onto the campus. So we did a tour of some schools. She was going for missions at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, please just try out Johnson. Just look at the campus. We drove onto that campus and her face just changed. <laughs> and she knew as soon as we drove onto that campus, she said, God told me as soon as we drove onto this campus, this is my home. Hmm. This is where I'm supposed to be. And that's where she met her husband. So that's good too. They okay. just got married this past summer. In July. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, um, when COVID hit, you know, he's a baseball player mm -hmm. uh, and ambassador for Johnson. Mm -hmm. Kevin is. Yeah, Kevin and, Ewing is, is okay. our son. Uh -huh. yeah. And uh, when they gave him that year of eligibility back, he decided to add a little more time to play another year of baseball. So oh, nice. So he'll graduate with the sports management and psychology. Yeah. Now, what was her degree? Uh, teaching. And English as a second English, language. English as a second language. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. She's a good teacher. How did the transition happen for you guys from Chapel Rock to House Edivice? How'd you get that call? God. When I graduated from Johnson in 99, I swore I would never go back to school. By the way, um, real quick, to connect this back to my grandpa, graduation in 99, my grandmother was able to be there. I was telling her about the story of how he helped me get to where we are. And, and she started crying and she's like, you know, today's his birthday, right? I was just like, what? So incredible, <laughs> uh, incredible, incredible. But anyway, when I left Johnson, I swore I was never going to go back to school. It was December 2017. Mm -hmm. Tom Sears with TCM comes mm -hmm. to our church because our church gives the TCM. Johnson alumni. Johnson alumni, <laughs> that's right. Yes, Twice, right? Like his yeah. master's and his under, undergrad there. Yes. Comes to our church and says, hey, TCM is starting this master's level cohort in the United States. We're wanting some people to come in and be, in essence, beta testers for this. Are you interested? And I was like, well, when's it start? He's like, well, in like three weeks. So like, oh, that's a real long time to think about it. But at that point, I knew that my youth ministry days were numbered. And so I thought, well, this would be really good for me to get some more education from that. Our kids were both older. You know, Madison was already at Johnson. Adam was, a, I think, a sophomore or junior in high school. So they were definitely on the higher end of their age. And just I thought it would be a little easier. Fast forward to 2019, we come over to House Edelweiss with Chapel Rock as short-term workers. And while we're here, find out that some positions are opening up. I, I looked at Nicole like our first couple of nights here and I just said, maybe we should move here. And she's like, oh, whatever. 
and she rolled over and went to sleep. And I was like, okay, God, if this is truly something you want, you have to work on her heart. And he spent the next five days, six days. Wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. As I said, I was in the corporate world. I was in the business world and I had made a name for myself and I was doing really well. But also then I became more part of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked my lifestyle. I liked our lifestyle and I liked everything that it afforded us but I think that God was saying but is that all is that all that there is and I think that the positions here and this ministry here of making disciples of all nations and and everything that it has to do with encompassing and growing the full kingdom God said what's it about And so I wrestled back and forth and I had a lady come up to me who was not supposed to be here as a a worker, but had an opening and came and she goes, I don't know what I need to pray for you for, but I know that God's got something going on. And I told her and she goes, that is so crazy. I just said to the person whose position that was leaving, I just said to him, she should take your position. (laughs) And I said, did you just say that? Cause she didn't even know we had been talking about this and, and I'd been wrestling with it. So she, she took it in prayer. We took it in prayer and we talked to the director here and sent a message to David Wright back in Indiana in the Indianapolis headquarters. And well, here we are. So we sold everything. Um, I had just switched to a new company who had actually pursued me. So I felt really bad about it, but they understood after we had conversation why I did this. And um, quit our jobs. We sold everything and gave everything up and, and just followed the, that God says, if you're going to give it all up and follow me, leave everything behind. And here we are, even through COVID, even through everything. God's been faithful and has shown us so many times over and over why we're here mm. and how he's using us and the great spiritual warfare that's going on and how we could be used with it it was a, a a really interesting journey in the sense too that you know a lot of times when you're in the middle of in the middle of it you don't recognize maybe where god's working mm-hmm. and we've had some time to reflect um and what we mean by this is for the last 18 months well up till july of this year so this is you know, 2021 july we had been going back and forth between the u.s and here so you know, we, we sold our vehicles. We, I mean, we sold furniture. We, we had no home. We didn't, yeah, we gave up our home while we were renting. So we were able to get out of that contract. So when we would go back to us, we would have to rely on other people to help us find places to stay or stay with people or whatever it might be. And we were doing that for just about 18 months because of COVID, because our visa application process was taking way longer than it should have because of COVID, because of the government shutdown and all this over here. But we look and see pieces and every time we were back of something God used us in. We're just, you know, thankful that he was using us even when we didn't recognize it, even when we didn't maybe want to be used all the time. So it was really cool to kind of have those moments uh, to recognize that now, that journey that we've been on. And, and I think that's going to help us here. As American Christians, sometimes our, not our focus, but our scope, our understanding gets uh, skewed by the American dream. Mm-hmm. And seeing people who don't have any chance at this American dream and what their faith looks like, maybe it's a little more pure, you know? It's just really eye-opening to 
look at the church as a world church, not a U.S. church. Mm-hmm. But it also shows, this is so funny, the big scope of the world, but the small scope of the church. We had a group here from Estonia this week. And um, we're sitting at a table and we're talking about our lives and we're talking about our kids. And we say our daughter graduated from Johnson University and he perks up and says, my sister just graduated from Johnson University. She's the first Estonian to attend Johnson University. He gets on his Instagram. We get on our Instagram. We realize our daughter is friends with his sister. (laughs) We haven't had a full regular session here with students in almost two years now because of COVID. And so we have really connected with the staff here uh, on a a deeper level and their families. You know, we have a few different staff here that have kids and it's great feeling, you know, being an uncle and being an aunt to them, you know, to really build those relationships, but also to uh, explore um, not just like from the touristy aspect, but from the church aspect of things here too. To, to be able to explore some of the churches here, to interact with churches that are speaking German and English, hearing the stories of why people are here who speak English or whatever it might be, has been really good for us in that sense. It opened up for us to see those situations better, mm-hmm. where the relationship is more important. Maybe you recognize something with somebody quicker because there's not other things distracting you from that. Uh, You mentioned, Chad, early on that watching your son prepare for youth ministry, you said that you are kind of telling him things you wish you would have thought of. What's the advice you're giving to your son from, you know, a guy who's experienced the worst of what the church has to offer and, and some very nurturing church experience? I think the biggest thing I've been wanting him to understand is he needs to have a teachable spirit. You know, the beauty of young youth ministers is they're gung-ho for the mission, for the cause. The passion is, is great. It's huge. You know, you've spent time learning these things and all you want to do is try them out. You know, and your call is very recent compared maybe to 40-year-old youth minister guy or whatever it might be. Not to say that that diminishes it. I'm just saying that passion is very, very great in most of those young guys. Sometimes though, it's like we come out of Johnson or come out of whatever school we went to and we grab the world by its tail. But reality is somebody tells us we're not, we're not reaching for the tail, we're reaching for a leg. And the next thing you know, we're like, oh no, no, this is definitely the tail. And we miss things because we're not teachable. Mm. We're not trainable, especially by senior ministers. And, uh, you know, I, I really want him to understand that even in those moments, there's something to be learned, something to be gleaned. I've, I've really tried to encourage him to grab a hold of the full college experience. Enjoy the college experience. You know, his first year was COVID year mm-hmm. and it was a mess. You know, he did most of his classes online and it was rough, but those relationships are relationships that I want him to build. But I think just being teachable, mm-hmm. being teachable, I, I just think things would have been a little different for me if I was a little more teachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also maybe don't always jump at the first opportunity that presents itself. Hmm. I don't want him to have to go through some of the same stuff I went through. Okay. Another question before I get to the last two, uh, this one, Nicole is directed at you. You, you had to say goodbye to your father recently. Were yeah. you on the mission field when that happened? We were able, it was a visa situation hmm. and we actually had to come back to the States because our visa still had not been issued. 
We've been back maybe a week. My dad died from COVID. Oh. He was in the hospital and contracted COVID in the hospital after having um, a great procedure and was doing well. Um, and I was able, my mom actually ended up with COVID somehow too and was not able to be with him. We were the first visitors during COVID time to be allowed into the hospital. Um, so Chad and I were able to be with my dad as he passed. Oh, wow. Um, at St. Vincent in Indianapolis um, and pray over him and pray with him while he passed. So I think God, that was one of those moments where we didn't have that visa and God said, you're going home. So yeah, we were on the mission field, but God was a- allowed us to. And I think my dad held on for me to get there. It's huh. like he knew. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was it was a peaceful, wonderful, God-filled moment. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. great thing is is that you were able to usher him to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Say amen, took his last breath. Well, I was curious about that, how that happened, because you were a missionary. So that's neat, the way that the Lord allowed you to be there mm-hmm. through that time. Uh, that's probably one of the big challenges about being an international servant, is being away from your family and I don't know how missionaries did it before technology, Mm. right? Like we can, again, Austria is not a throwable country. We can get on our, I mean, we're on the internet now. We can get on our phones and as long as anybody's up, we can FaceTime them and see them and talk to them. And we talk to our family uh, regularly. I mean, our kids, we probably talk to every other day. (laughs) You You talk to your mom every day, just about, you know, I talk to my parents at least once a week. And so being able to just jump on your phone and FaceTime and see them is pretty incredible. I don't know how people did it before uh, yeah. in that sense. So you all working with TCM, House Edelweiss, what have you, how, how would you recruit people to get involved in the TCM ministry and in what you guys are doing? We need younger people to carry on the torch. We have a lot of wonderful, wonderful volunteers and donors and people that are plugged in that are older. We don't have a lot of younger people that can physically come here. People that want to go into the mission field, uh, students at Johnson that want to be missionaries, we have the opportunity for internships. We have those things available for you to come here and experience what it's like in a safe environment. But we've got to continue to carry the torch. And and a lot of our students are younger. And it'd be great to have some of those younger people on board to carry this ministry on. TCM exists. Um, it's been a lot of different things through the years, but mm-hmm. since since communism fell and um, or the Eastern European countries started opening up, TCM became a place for training those pastors. Mm-hmm. Many of those pastors has had education in different fields. Now we're able to give them education in in ministry. Through that, TCM has become a place that we really can take an opportunity to train people who are already entrenched in those places. Where you know if Tyson, we sent you to Romania to serve in a, in a church there. It's going to take five to seven years for you to even just get planted from a social aspect. I mean, take probably two to three years to learn the language. And so then there's a lot of money that gets you know used for that and different things. However, we're working with individuals who are grown up in these churches, who are serving in these places already, and they already have the relationships with the people around them, within the communities. And we can use them to help make disciples in those areas. And we're saying incredible things through it. And so if you want to be involved with something that is becoming a worldwide thing, 
you know, it's a good place to do it. You know, we have people in just about every hemisphere of the world and all kinds of different time zones. And that it's really neat to see how God has used TCM and how it's changed over the years to become what it is today. So, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in, I'll say it this way, if you're interested in changing the world, TCM is doing that through our students and and our graduates uh, all over the world. Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, Chad and Nicole, thank you so much for being my guests today. Two questions I need to ask you, though, before I let you go. The first question is, what is something that you've learned throughout the course of your journey that you would want to pass on to other people? Let go, let God. Uh, (laughs) Don't try to be in control. I think that every time I've tried to be in control of my journey, God has stopped me in my tracks or allowed me to go off the tracks for a little while. And then once I can put faith back into it, uh, I realize where God can use me to grow me. But he's used those times going off the track to grow me to where I am. Hmm. And I think that the great thing is, is that as long as the trust and the faith is there, it's great. For me, it's just this idea of trusting him, even when you don't know. Throughout our entire time being married, through ministries, through the last year and a half, there have been many times where we haven't understood, but we had to trust God because the only way we could get through it. And, you know, like we just talked about, we had opportunities to be where God thought we needed to be, maybe not necessarily where we wanted to be. Hmm. Um, you know, being able to be there. The timing of Nicole's dad passing, not just that we were able to be there, but it was so close to us just getting back, meant that we had three months to be able to spend with family and kind of walk through that initial healing process and mourning. So just trust God in those things. Yeah, there are going to be times where you're going to say, this is not where I want to be, or this is not what I expected or what I thought. And you just got to trust that God is moving and, and, and working and using you. It's going to be okay. You know, it's going to work out. It's, he is going to use you in incredible ways that we don't even understand sometimes. Perfect. Okay, last question. And I'm going to give you just a moment to think about it while I do our concluding commercial. If you will, imagine that for the next 60 seconds, the entire world is listening to what you're going to say. What are you going to tell the world in 60 seconds? While you think about your answer, let me remind our listeners that the Sojourner podcast has been brought to you by the Alumni Association at Johnson University. Whether you graduated from Central Florida Bible College, Johnson Bible College, Florida Christian College, or Johnson University, you are a part of the alumni family. Join the Alumni Association and help encourage and equip alumni and students as they pursue kingdom-focused vocations. Learn more at johnsonu.edu forward slash alumni. So Chad and Nicole Dillon, Chad, a 1999 graduate, Nicole, a 2000 graduate of Johnson University, Tennessee, currently working with TCM at Haus Edelweiss in Austria. What one-minute message would each of you offer to the world? Right now, Christianity especially U.S. Christianity, is being pulled apart, well, by Satan. I don't know other way else to say it. Through dividing us, through political grounds, through pandemics, through all these different things that when it comes down to it, maybe don't matter as much as we think they do. And I think that I would challenge everyone to really get out of our bubble our U.S. Christian bubble and experience some international culture in a way that helps you understand an international church in a better way and see 
that uh, you know there's more to it than maybe where we draw our lines in the U.S. I, I think there are some great churches that are doing some incredible things. Uh, many uh, Johnson alumni doing incredible things in churches, and I and I think they're pushing you know like for their churches to understand this better. But I think it's it's something that when, until you get that perspective, it's hard to recognize that it's bigger than maybe what we think it is in the U.S. Mm, good. Nicole, you have 60 seconds. Everybody thinks they're on a journey and everybody thinks that they have a plan for their lives and it doesn't always go how they want it to and they get feel defeated or they say, why God, what's going on? What about me? And, and I think that we need to remember it's not about us. It's, it's about God. And when we can put us to the side and focus on God and, and give it to him and have that daily communication of what do you want, not what do I want, I think it puts us in a better perspective. And to continually look for that, even when we don't want to, God's going to use us and God's going to show us. And it may not be in our lifetime, but it's going to happen. And that's that's what we're here for. Amen. Chad and Nicole, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Sojourner Podcast. This has been great fun. I've really appreciated getting to know you guys better. And uh, God bless you guys and what you're doing uh, for ministry at TCM. Uh, Keep up the good work. And uh, uh, again, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks. The Sojourner Podcast is a production of the Alumni Relations Office at Johnson University, edited by Tyson Chastain, music by Loyal Love, podcast graphics by Rachel Woolard. Tune in to other Sojourner Podcasts, dropping each Monday on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening.